Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, Chapter 16, Piper. Leo? she yelled. Sure enough, there he was. Sitting atop a giant bronze death machine and grinning like a lunatic. Even before he landed, the camp went alarm. The camp alarm went up. A conch horn blew. All the satyrs started screaming, Don't kill me! Half the camp ran outside in a mixture of pajamas and armor. The dragon sat down right in the middle of the green and yelled, Leo yelled, It's cool, don't shoot! Hesitantly, the archers lowered their bows. The warriors backed away, keeping their spears and swords at the ready. They made a loose, wide ring around the metal monster. Other demigods hid behind their cabin doors or peeped out the windows. Nobody seemed anxious to get close. Piper couldn't blame them. The dragon was huge. It glistened in the morning sun like a living penny sculpture. Different shades of copper and bronze. A 60-foot-long serpent with steel talons and a drill-bit teeth and glowing ruby eyes. It had bat-shaped wings twice its length that unfurled like metal sails, making a sound like coins cascading out of a slot machine every time they flapped. It's beautiful, Piper muttered. The other demigods stared at her like she was insane. The dragon reared its head and shot a column of fire into the sky. Campers scrambled away and heftered their weapons, but Leo slid calmly off the dragon's back. He held up his hands like he was surrendering, surrendering except he still had the crazy grin on his face. People of Earth, I come in peace, he shouted. He looked like he'd been rolling around in the campfire. His army coat and face were smeared with soot. His hands were grease-stained, and he wore a new tool belt around his waist. His eyes were bloodshot. His curly hair was so oily, it stuck up in porcupine quills, and he smelled strangely of Tabasco sauce. But he looked around, he looked around and was absolutely delighted. Fe Festus is just saying hello. That thing is dangerous, an Ares girl shouted, brandishing her spear. Kill it now! Stand down, someone ordered. To Piper's surprise, it was Jason. He pushed through the crowd, flanked by Annabeth and that girl from the Hephaestus cabin, Nyssa. Jason gazed up at the dragon and shook his head in amazement. Leo, what have you done? Found a ride, he beamed. You said I could go on the quest if I, if I got you a ride. Well, I got you an A-class metallic flying bad boy. Festus can take us anywhere. It has wings, Nissa stammered. Her jaw looked like it might drop off her face. Yeah, Leo said. I found them and reattached them. But it never had wings. Where did you find them? Leo hesitated, and Piper could tell he was hiding something. In the woods, he said. Repaired his circuits, too. Mostly, so no more problems with him going haywire. Mostly? Nissa asked. The dragon's head twitched. It tilted to one side in a stream of black liquid. Maybe oil. Hopefully just oil poured out of its ear, all over Leo. Just a few kinks to work out, Leo said. But how did you survive? Nissa was still staring at the creature in awe. I mean, the fire breath. I'm quick, Leo said, and lucky. Now, am I on this quest or what? Leo scratched his head. Jason scratched his head. You named him Festus? You know, in that, in that in Latin, Festus means happy, right? You want us to ride off to save the world on a dragon called Happy? The dragon twitched and shuddered and flapped his wings. That's a yes, bro, Leo said. Now, um, I'd really suggest you guys get going. I already picked up some supplies in the uh, woods, and all these people with weapons are making Festus nervous. 
Jason frowned. But we haven't planned anything yet. We can't just go, Annabeth said. She was the only one who didn't look nervous at all. Her expression was sad and wistful, like this reminded her of better times. Jason, you've only got three days until the solstice now. You should keep... You should never keep a nervous dragon waiting. This is certainly a good omen. Go! Jason nodded. Then he smiled at Piper. You ready, partner? Piper looked at the bronze dragon wings shining against the sky, and those talons that could have shredded her into pieces. You bet, she said. Flying on the dragon was the most amazing experience ever, Piper thought. Up high, the air was freezing cold, but the dragon's metal high generated so much heat, it was like they were flying in a protective bubble. Talk about seat warmers. And the grooves in the dragon's back were designed like high-tech saddles, so they weren't uncomfortable at all. Leo showed them how to hook their feet in the chinks in the armor, like in stirrups, and use the leather safety harness cleverly concealed under the exterior plating. They sat single file, Leo in front, then Piper, then Jason, and Piper was very aware of Jason right behind her. She wished he, was ho he would hold on to her, maybe wrap around his arms around her waist, but sadly, he didn't. Leo used the reins to steer the dragon into the sky, like he'd been doing it all his life. The metal wings worked perfectly, and soon the coast of Log Island was just a hazy line behind them. They shot over Connecticut and climbed into the gray winter clouds. Leo grinned back at them. Cool, right? What if we get spotted? Piper asked. The mist, Jason said. It keeps mortals from seeing magic things. If they spot us, they'll probably just mistake us for a small plane or something. Piper glanced over his shoulder. You sure about that? No, he admitted. Then Piper saw he was clutching a photo in his hand, a picture of a girl with dark hair. Jason, she gave Jason a, quiz a quizzical look, but he blushed and put the photo in his pocket. We're making good time. Probably get there by tonight. Piper wondered who the girl in the picture was, but she didn't want to ask, and if Jason didn't volunteer the information, that wasn't a good sign. Had he remembered something about his life before? Was that a photo of his real girlfriend? Stop it, she thought. You'll just torture yourself. She asked a safer question. Where are we heading? To find the god of the north wind, Jason said. And chase some storm spirits. And that was the very, very short end to this chapter. Um, as a matter of fact, the next chapter is quite short, too. I can read that. Chapter 17. Leo. Leo was totally buzzing. The expression on everyone's face when he flew the dragon into camp? Priceless. He thought his cabin mates were going to bust a lung nut. Festus had been awesome, too. He hadn't blowtorched a single cabin or eaten any satyrs, even if he did dribble a little of oil from his ear. Okay, a lot of oil. Leo could work on that later. So, maybe Leo didn't seize the chance to tell everybody about Bunker 9 or the flying boat design. He needed some time to think about that. He could tell them when he came back. If I came back, part of him thought. Nah, he'd come back. He'd score a sweet magic tool belt from the bunker, plus a lot of cool supplies, now safely stowed in his backpack. Besides, he had a fire-breathing, only slightly leaking dragon on his side. What could go wrong? Well, the control disc could bust, the part of him uh, suggested. Festus could eat, could eat you. Okay, so the dragon wasn't quite as fixed as Leo might have let on. He'd worked all night attaching those wings, but he hadn't found an extra dragon brain anywhere in the bunker. Hey, they were under a time limit. Three days until the solstice. They had to get going. Besides, Leo had cleaned the disc pretty well. Most of the circuits were still good. It would just have to hold together. 
His bad side started to think, yeah, but what if... Shut up, me, Leo said aloud. What? Piper asked. Nothing, he said. Long night. I think I'm hallucinating. It's cool. Sitting in front, Leo could see their couldn't see their faces, but he assumed their silence that his friends were not pleased to have a sleepy, le- sleepless, hallucinating dragon driver. Just joking. Leo decided it might be good to change the subject. So, what's the plan, bro? You got something about catching wind or breaking wind or something? As they flew over New England, Jason laid out the game plan first. Find some guy called Boreas and grill him for information. His name is Boreas? Leo asked. What is he, the god of boring? Second, Jason continued. They had to find those venti that attacked them at the Grand Canyon. Can we just call them storm spirits? Leo asked. Venti makes them sound like evil espresso espresso drinks. And third, Jason finished. They had to find out who the storm spirits worked for so they could find Hera and free her. So you want to look for Dylan, the nasty storm dude, on purpose, Leo said. The guy who threw me off the skywalk and sucked Coach Hedge into the clouds. That's about it, Jason said. Well, there may be a wolf involved, but I think she's friendly. She probably won't eat us unless we show weakness. Jason told them about his dream, the big nasty mother wolf and a burnt-out house with stone spires growing out of the swimming pool. Uh, uh-huh, Leo said, but you don't know where this place is. Nope, Jason admitted. They are also giants, Piper added. The prophecy said the giants' revenge. Hold on, Leo said. Giants? Like more than one? Why can't there just be one giant who wants revenge? I don't think so, Piper said. I remember in some of the old stories, there are about an army of giants. Great, Leo muttered. Of course, with our luck, it's an army. So, you know anything else about these giants? Didn't you do a bunch of myth research for that movie with your dad? Your dad's an actor? Jason asked. Leo Leo laughed. I keep forgetting about your amnesia. (laughs) Forgetting about amnesia. That's funny. But, yeah. Her dad's Tristan McLean. Uh, sorry. What was he in? It doesn't matter, Piper said quickly. The giants. Well, there were a lot of giants in Greek mythology. But if I'm thinking of the right ones, they were bad news. Huge, almost impossible to kill. They could throw mountains and stuff. I think they were related to the Titans. They rose from the earth after Kronos lost the war. I mean, the first Titan War, thousands of years ago. And they tried to destroy Olympus. If we're talking about the same giants, Chiron said it was happening again, Jason remembered. The last chapter, that's what he meant. No wonder he didn't want us to know all the details. Leo whistled. So, giants who can throw mountains. Friendly wolves that will eat us if we show weakness. Evil espresso drinks. Gotcha. Maybe this isn't the time to bring up my psycho babysitter. Is that another joke? Piper asked. Leo told them about Tia Kalita, who was really Hera and had been appear- and how she'd appeared to him at camp. He didn't tell them about his fire abilities. That was still a touchy subject, especially after Nissa told him fire demigods tended to destroy cities and stuff. Besides, then Leo would have to get into how he caused his mom's death, and no. He wasn't ready to go there. He didn't. He did manage to talk about the night she died, not mentioning the fire, just saying the machine shop collapsed. It was easier without having to look at his friends, just keeping his eyes straight ahead as they flew. And he told them about the strange woman in earthen robes who seemed to be asleep, and seemed to know the future. Leo estimated the whole state of Massachusetts passed below them before his friend, friend spoke. That's disturbing, Piper said. About sums it up, Leo said. Thing is, everybody says don't trust Hera. She hates demigods. 
And the prophecy said we'd cause death if we unleashed a rage. So I'm wondering, why are we doing this? She chose us, Jason said. All three of us. We're the first of the seven who have, who have to gather for the great prophecy. This quest is the beginning of something much bigger. That didn't make Leo feel any better. But he couldn't argue with Jason's point. It did feel like this was the start of something huge. He wished that if there were four more demigods destined to help them, they'd show up quick. Leo didn't want to hog all the terrifying, life-threatening adventure. Besides, Jason continued, helping Hera is the only way I can get back my memory. And that dark spire in my dream seemed to be feeding on Hera's energy. If that thing unleashes a giant of kinds by destroying Hera, not a good trade-off, Piper agreed. At least Hera is in our side, mostly. Losing her would throw the gods into chaos. She's the main one who keeps peace in the family. And a war with the giants could be even more destructive than the Titan War. Jason nodded. Chiron also talked about worse forces stirring on the solstice, with it being a good time for dark magic and all, something that would awaken if Hera were sacrificed on that day. And this mistress, who's controlling the storm spirits, one who wants to kill all the demigods, might be that sleep weird sleeping lady, Leo finished. Dirt woman fully awake? Not something I want to see. But who is she? Jason's asked, and what does she have to do with giants? Good question, but none of them had answers. They flew in silence while Leo wondered if he'd done the right thing, sharing so much. He never told anyone about that night at the warehouse, even if he hadn't given them given them the whole story. It still felt strange, like he'd opened up his chest and taken out all his gears that made him tick. His body was shaking, and not from the cold. He heard Piper sitting behind him, couldn't tell. The forge and dove shall break the cage. Wasn't that the prophecy line? That meant Piper and he would have to figure out how to break into a magic rock prison, assuming they could find it. Then they'd unleash Terra's rage, causing a lot of death. Well, that sounded fun. Leo had seen Tia Kalida in action. She liked knives, snakes, and putting babies in roaring fires. Yeah, definitely. Let's unleash her rage. Great idea. Vestas kept flying. The wind got colder, and below them, snowy forests seemed to go on forever. Leo didn't know exactly where Quebec was. He told Festus to take them to the place, to the palace of Boreas, and Festus kept going north. Hopefully, the dragon knew the way, and they wouldn't end up at the North Pole. Why don't you get some slight sleep? Piper said in his ear. You were up all night. Leo wanted to protest, but the word sleep sounded really good. You won't let me fall off? Piper patted his shoulder. Trust me, Valdez. Beautiful people never lie. Right, he muttered. He leaned towards the warm bronze of the dragon's neck and closed his eyes. And that was the end of the chapter with Leo, too. I think I read that very fast. That was... That feels like I read it very fast. Um, but, yeah. Don't forget that this is uh, Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan. It would be great if you guys went to your local library or bought the book by yourself and uh, read along while listening to me read. But, uh, yeah, with that, I hope you guys come back next week for the next chapter. And uh, with that, Isaac...